Lord, um, I thank you for the, um, just the journey you've taken me through over the last few weeks getting ready for this class. Um, and Lord, I have a long, long way still to go. Um, but Lord, you've given us treasure. You've given us abundant treasure. And Lord, how we manage that has a lot to do with how we move from brokenness to wholeness. And I just pray today, Lord, that you would help us to wrap our minds around that and, um, and just to encourage each other uh, and just grow in our love for you and our love for each other. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me do a, before I, before I introduce myself and all that kind of good stuff, let me do a, a couple of housekeeping items just really fast. You should have a handout that has uh, the course schedule and the overview. I forgot to put the course goals in there, so I'm going to go over the course goals here in just uh, a moment with you so you have that. Um, you should have gotten an email if you, actually, if you actually registered for the class. You got an email. The way the readings will be, ha- will be handled is there is a book for the class. Um, it's um, called Your Money Counts. By, by Howard Dayton, but um, you can get, get to that book online for free if you want to read it digitally, which is the way I read everything I can possibly read. Um, you can go buy it on Amazon, and I will also be sending out PDFs of the chapters. I've already sent out the first three chapters, which are very short, and I will be sending out um, probably Monday or Tuesday of each week. What you will get from me is an email and it will have the notes from the past class. It will have the PowerPoint from the past class. It will have um, some notes of encouragement and the readings for the next class, all that kind of stuff. Some links to some YouTube videos if you have some extra time um, and things like, things like that. The most important thing in this is that you do, if you want to get the benefit of the course, you need to do the tasks that are given. You, it's unlikely that you will complete those tasks by the end of the course. Very unlikely you will complete, complete those tasks. So those tasks, quite honestly, I am still working on. Uh, this, cl- this class has changed me, um, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, the, um, so doing those is very important, and when we get to the end of the six weeks, you may not be done and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later on, too. Uh, rather than doing a part two of this class, my preference would be to have people sort of team up with people who are more experienced than them with these kinds of things. And I know in this class we have that. That's actually one of the goals of the class, and I'll talk about that in a second, is that we are trying to help people. Our, our purpose at Cornerstone is to help people move from brokenness to wholeness. And most of you are aware, I don't think it's no news, that a big part of our brokenness is the way we handle money and possessions. So if we want to help people move from brokenness to wholeness, we need to think through. But our purpose also says, by means of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need to learn how to gospel, as Milton likes to say, I'm not sure this is a word or not, we need to be able to gospelize people from brokenness to wholeness. All of us do. That's our purpose together. We need to be able to gospelize people from brokenness to wholeness in a very big area of brokenness. 
that's our finances. So that's kind of where we're headed, and we'll see what happens with, with part two and that kind of stuff. Are there any sort of quick questions that you have, things that are bothering you, irritating you, need-to-know type stuff right here at the beginning that I can answer for you? I want to make sure you're feeling good about stuff. All right, here we go then. Let's, let's go ahead and blast off. First of all, who am I? Um, some of you know me, some of you don't know me, but let me just talk about who I am just really briefly. What I am, quite honestly, is a blessed and thankful guy. That's, that's, that's what I am. I've had an extremely blessed life. I got to have a wonderful career as a high school teacher. Um, I, I was able to retire just a few days before my 56th birthday. Um, and retire financially comfortable. Um, and, and right now I'm having a good time serving at church and um, doing a lot of other things. I'm also a very um, jacked up guy. Talk to Milton. Um, it has taken a lot of time to keep me. Uh, he spent a lot of time gospelizing me to keep me um, from self-destructing. Um, so there's, there's a, that, that's sort of the idea of, of who I am. Now, what are, my, um, what are my qualifications to teach a finance class? Okay, I'm not a finance guy. I'm a gospel guy. Um, and for me, uh, this, the, and the reason I'm teaching this class, quite honestly, is because God uses our management of his treasure to do gospel works in our lives and others. I'm teaching this class because money management is, does gospel work. And I want to do gospel work, not just work. I'll be, I'll just, I'm just going to be honest. I've been pretty much financially stable all my life because I had a great finance teacher when I was young. Um, And I'm going to talk about him in just a second. Um, But being financially stable and having, um, having, your management of your money do gospel work can be two very different things. And I want to make sure that what we're doing is we are, we're, we're moving along the journey. All right. Um, gospel thinking and actions regarding treasure produce huge movements from brokenness to wholeness. I found out recently, the more I think about my money, the more I grow in the gospel. So you can think about money. You can think about money and grow. Um, and treasure is one of God's um, primary gospel tools. Jesus talks a lot about money. Uh, he talks about possessions. Um, the vast majority of his parables involve some kind of possession management, money management, you know, the faithful servant, the unfaithful servant, the wise guy, the whatever. It, 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 there are a lot of them are about that. So it, it's, it's very important to God, very important to Jesus in doing gospel work. When he's gospelizing his disciples and gospelizing us, he talks a lot about money. And now let me introduce you to my financial teacher. This is the guy who taught me. Um, this is my dad. And... Um, 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 yeah, most of what I know about keeping myself out of financial trouble comes from my dad. And um, uh, my dad passed away here just recently. And um, it was my joy. And, as, and it's partially because of what my dad taught me. Um, 
when you, people, some people will say, you know, why? Well, I'm never going to retire. I will never stop. You know, that Christians don't retire. Well, I stopped going to work right before my 56th birthday. But I got to spend eight months of my dad's last time here on earth with my dad taking care of him. Oh, my gosh. Did I plan for that? No, I'm a blessed guy. I, I did not expect that. I did not expect it. But it was, I can't, I can't communicate to you. I just can't communicate what a blessing it was. I, it was just absolutely um, incredible to be there for my dad every day, to make him breakfast, to make him lunch, to do all the things he needed. Um, I got deep into his finances. I know more about my dad's finances now than I ever knew. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, just some, some quick things he taught me. Now, one thing my dad did not teach me is the gospel power of the management of money. Um, I do not know if my dad passed away as a believer. I don't really know. We had some good conversations at the end. Um, I was able, to, in some ways, to embody the gospel to him in his last days, which is an immense, immense blessing. I really don't know. But they're good principles anyway. Here, here are a few of them. They're, they're very complicated. Um, and this is very, it's very complicated stuff. You got to know calculus and all, you got to get the root of the hypotenuse and all kinds of stuff to be able to do this. One, don't spend more than you have. Oh, I, just, I, I thought that was the way people lived. I had a roommate. I had, when I got roommates, I realized everybody did that. There were people who spent more than they had. And it caused a lot of problems. Always pay cash. Now, my dad, in his, late in his life, discovered credit cards. And uh, he realized he could get things like airplane miles and cash back and stuff like that. And so um, he did begin to use credit cards towards the end of his life, but they were always paid off. And, and credit cards are, are somewhat controversial, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but I grew up paying cash. Um, I, that's the way I paid my, my rent and my grocery and everything. And I watched my dad normally pay with green stuff growing up. So paying with cash, get the best deal you can. Uh, my dad, I went, I went to buy a tape recorder once and my dad said, let, let me, let me, let me buy it for you. And before we were done, I had extra this and extra that and extra all kinds of stuff with that tape recorder because he got the best deal that he could. Um, save for what you want. Um, do not want too much. All right. Don't want too much. Um, be generous. And a very important one that my, that my dad got on me about often was make sure what you want is what you really want. Make sure what you want is what you really want. Don't, don't buy impulsively. Impulsive buying is dangerous. And credit cards contribute to that, and we'll talk to that later, about that later. But um, make sure what you want is what you really want. Um, and that has tremendous, we're talking about this a lot, actually. My dad didn't know it, but that concept has tremendous gospel power. When, God's, when, 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 when um, Paul writes to Timothy and said, God has created all things for us to enjoy, you really need to figure out what that word enjoy means. What is real joy? What is real joy? And at the end of that paragraph, he says the goal is true life. So we have all things to enjoy for the goal of true life. So be thinking about is what you want what you really want? What do you really want um, in life? 
um, buy a home. I frustrated my dad on this. Um, I didn't buy a home until I was what? Eileen, 30, 37, 38. We've been married quite a long time. I had a daughter and um, waited a long time to buy a home. Uh, that bugged my dad. But he had made me so debt adverse that this idea of owing you know, $100,000 or something just blew my brain and I, I felt it was constricting. And, and there's arguments on both sides of that. I eventually did buy a house because the, the market crashed and it, it was just really hard to not buy it. It was just the ridiculous prices, ridiculously low interest rates. Um, um, hard work and education um, pays off. And prepare for life after employment. My, my dad retired pretty early. Um, also, there's more to life sometimes than going to work each day. Though I, act, I actually sometimes miss going to at the high school. Um, high schools are cool places. I, I really like them. Um, uh, I know that's controversial in some circles. Um, but I happen to love public education. I especially love public high schools. Um, they are amazing places. I mean, every I'm going to be going on, get me going here. But ninety something, whatever it is, percent. I don't have exact statistics of this, but a huge percentage of the young people in this country go through those schools. Think about that. It's a cool place. Um, bad things happen there from time to time, but. <laughs> um, but it's a very cool place. Okay, course goals. And I forgot to put these in the thing. And I'm a teacher, and I forget to put the course goals in the, in the guide. Here are course, goal, course goals. Course goal number one, apply gospel thinking to our decisions regarding possessions and money. And here's the key word, to maximize our movement from brokenness to wholeness. Right? Making decisions to maximize our movement from brokenness wholeness. That's what we want to be. Those are the kind of decisions we want to make. We want to maximize that movement here at Cornerstone. They got my cute little chart down there. Um, Okay, now goal number one, what is wholeness? That's a big topic. Milton talks about that a lot, and I'm not going to be able to do it in a couple of seconds, Um, but um, what is wholeness? I think Paul does a really good job with this in 1 Timothy. He says to Timothy, the goal of our instruction is what? Love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And for me, I'll just, I have a very you know, simple-minded guy. I have to keep my, my, my eye on the prize. I have a very simple definition, and I'm always looking, am I growing in love? Am I loving better? Whatever I'm learning, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm thinking, is this, is this helping me to love better? And to me, that's wholeness. Um, I envision um, eternity as a place where I am we're massively growing in love um, and trust in God and relationship with God. And, so that's, and, and right now, I am, I am not a very good lover. I am, I am, not, I am broken. I, I love poorly. I, I hurt people I love. I do stupid things. I do a lot of dumb, a lot of dumb stuff. Right? Oh, my gosh. And now I whacked my screen. Okay, one second, please. We will fix this, he says. And I didn't want to use the official Cornerstone gadget. 
I'm going to pay for that. Okay, hang on here. No. <clears throat> okay, goal number two. Um, one of our goal is to learn, oops, just say learn, not learns. Learn ways to come alongside others to apply gospel thinking to their decisions regarding possessions and money to maximize their movement from brokenness to wholeness. We, we all should be thinking about it. We should be looking at our brothers and sisters and asking ourselves the question, how can I maximize their movement from brokenness to wholeness? And... According to Jesus and a lot of the Bible and Proverbs and all kinds of other places, money is a big place. Uh, and we want to be able to gospel, we want to be able to gospelize others and help them move from brokenness to wholeness um, in that area. And uh, goal number three, um, apply basic money management strategies to achieve biblical financial stability. The Bible has some very specific advice doesn't require calculus, doesn't require getting this, the hypotenuse of the square root of the, what, what, what you call it, um, to be able to, um, to be successful at finances. I, th- I think the Bible is pretty clear. It wants us to be financially stable. Um, and it wants us to plan to be financially stable. Uh, I know I had roommates and stuff who would say, you know, I'm just going to trust God. You know, I'm just going to trust God. And there's some, there's some beauty to that. And I probably err on the wrong side. I probably err on the be careful plan side. And, but I'll tell you, even if you plan, God's going to do things to cause you to trust him. But I, my personal belief, belief is it is our responsibility to plan and do the things to make ourselves financially stable so that we can come alongside others. Um, Paul says uh, you know, to work hard so that you have stuff to share. Um, so we want, we, we, we want things are going to happen. You know? Early in my marriage, I made an investment that was really, really stupid. Lost a huge amount of money. Thought I was being smart. God, God's going to do things to, to straighten you out. But you should plan that way. Um, what is financial stability? And this is sort of um, our goal here. How do I define financial stability? Now, this is moving away to just kind of like the facts, Jack. Right? Um, here's financial stability. One, um, you're able to pay all expenses without borrowing or gifts. That's kind of basic level financial stability, that you're not spending more than what comes in. You can make your, you can make your bills. And by the way, you'll, you'll get this in an email. So if you're, if you're writing things down, just kind of teaching style thing, I, I would rather be having, it makes, actually makes me feel good when people write stuff down. It's like, oh, ooh, I'm so, I'm so insightful that they're writing it down. So it does make me feel good. But what's actually better for learning is if we have this. You know, I have that. I have your mind. I have, your, I have you asking questions and that kind of stuff going on in your head. That's really, that's really what I want. When I, was, when I was a high school teacher, that's what I wanted. I wanted that, you know, where are we going? What's, what's, what's he mean by this? What's he mean by that? Blah, 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 blah. That kind of stuff. All right? Number two, um, you have savings enough to cover simple emergencies. You know, you've got some money in the bank in case, you know, you're not one, you're not one emergency away from insolvency. You've got somebody in the bank in case the car breaks down. It's not the end of you. 
you can replace the radiator or whatever. Um, three, be debt-free except for a mortgage. <clears throat> and there's some, and there, almost with a caveat, there's some good reasons not to buy a house. I didn't buy a house for a long time. Now, there's, there's no fast rules to this. Uh, people's lives are different. Um, but um, if, you're, if you're going to buy a house, I think it's a good idea to buy a house. Um, mortgage is what most financial cats out there will say is an okay debt. Dave Ramsey and all the other gurus will say that, that that's okay, but you want to be working to pay it off really quickly. And that's what I did. I got this, I got this big, well, actually, it was a pretty small mortgage because the person who owned the house before me lost a lot of money. Um, <coughs> um, so uh, the, uh, my goal was to pay that off really fast. You know, just boom, 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 pay extra, you know, get a 15-year mortgage, go for it. Um, have savings to cover serious problems. This may take a while. This may take a while to, to cover really serious problems. If you were out of work for like, say, six months, could you weather that storm financially without borrowing or um, getting gifts from other people? Could you weather that storm? You want to be in a place where you can weather that storm. I think it's biblical to be able to weather a, a larger financial storm and to have money sitting, you know, and, and some would say you've got to be really careful about that because that's money that could be doing gospel work, but having money sitting there for a big disaster. Um, five, um, you want to make sure that you have um, adequate insurance um, uh, and a living trust in place. Um, <clears throat> you want to be saving towards short and medium-term goals. If you know you're going to be buying a car, save for it. Don't borrow for it. Um, I, I personally don't think car loans are something you should, we should really be looking at. It's, it's kind of the American way to have car debt. Um, it's a very expensive way to buy a car. Um, it's better to save. You know, you're know, you going to need one in five years. Have your car. Something may happen to mess that up. God does stuff. But I think it's biblical to, to prepare for that. And when it, when it comes to buy the car, have some idea what you want. Probably buy, I, my advice is to buy used. That's Dave Ramsey's advice. Other people's guru's advice, buy used. Um, and um, you're gonna, that's the way to go with that. Um, and have long-term investments for income after employment. Um, I think that that's, there's a lot of, you'll hear some controversy about, you know, should Christians have a retirement account? Should they have retirement investments? That's just locking up money. They could be doing, doing gospel good. Um, but it's also money that may be very well preparing you for gospel good. Um, I learned a lot of things being a public school teacher that I am now free to use at pretty much the Lord's direction. I can spend eight months with my dad. I can teach a class on finances. I can, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't go to work every day, but I, I can ask Eileen, uh, my wife. Um, yeah, I work quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to, for time, this, this, this is the, the, this class is part of a series that we're working on developing here at Cornerstone called Equipping for the Journey. And the idea of that is, is as, uh, as leaders, leaders of a church are called to what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. And at Cornerstone, we've defined that as helping each other move from 
brokenness to wholeness. And so this series of classes is designed to take different areas of life and learn how we can live inside the gospel. We want to take that, that, that wonderful gospel truth and learn to move from brokenness to wholeness. What we want to do is learn how to live life inside the gospel, right? Hearing the call of Jesus, repenting, believing the gospel, following Jesus. And we'll talk more about that um, in a few minutes, get some scripture behind that. Because this is actually the way Jesus preaches the gospel. You want to say, what's the gospel? Right? Right out of the gate. Right? Right out of the gate. This is the way Jesus preaches the gospel. Right? Behold, the kingdom of God, God is at hand. Do what? Repent. And after you repent, what does he say to do? He says, believe. And then what does he say next? He says, follow me. Right? It's very, very simple. It's, it's, it's a simple thing. But it's, we're going to find out that, that this believing, the guys Milton always says, believing this gospel business is, is bigger than we ever um, imagined. Um, okay, what is the beginning of the journey from brokenness to wholeness? Um, and I want, kind of want to put some scripture behind this. I've been talking a lot. I also want to get some interaction here just a little bit. Um, in the Gospel of Mark, it begins with the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So if we want to wrap our mind around the Gospel... It says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you to do what? Prepare your way, the voice of the one um, crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay, what questions come up from, if you were there listening to John, um, walking around saying this stuff about the way and whatnot, what questions would you have? What would come, what would come to your mind? What does his way entail? Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, there seems to be a lot of repetition of this, this way thing, right? So what's this way thing? What is, what is the way? What other questions come up from, from, this, from this passage? Imagine you're sitting there, this... Prophet John's running around dressed kind of funky. Um, what questions would come to your mind? Yeah, who the heck are you? Yes, this guy, this guy is weird. And people did ask that questions. You know, are you Isaiah? Are you the, are you the Messiah? Are you or you whatever? So there's that. He actually answers that um, in there. Um, what else? What else would you get? Other questions would you have from this? Why does the way need to be prepared? You know, what's, why, why prepare a way? Um, what do the preparations look like? Um, why, why does he call it a, a way? Um, that's kind of a weird, weird way to talk about it. And um, I actually like the language. Um, what is meant by the word way? Um, the word is hados in Greek. And it actually means journey. Journey, travels, movement. That's what it means. <laughs> Thus, the journey. Um, and early Christians, before they were called Christians, Christians was kind of a derogatory term, you know, little Jesuses. Um, 
they were called people of the Hadas. They were people of the Hadas. They were people of this way that John had prepared. They were people of the the journey. Yeah. All right. And we find, and I'm not going to go through this passage too much. Um, I'm just going to zip over it really fast. Um, but when people, the question you, I think you asked was, how do you get the way ready? What does John say? Well, a lot of what he says has to do with, guess what? Money and possessions. You got two tunics? You got two tunics? Give one away. Right? Um, are you a tax collector? Don't collect more than you're ordered to. Huh? Are, are, you, are you a soldier? Don't take money. If you're a soldier, be content with your wages. This is getting ready for Jesus. This is getting ready to walk the journey. It, if you're going to walk the journey, what, what, what John is saying here, start thinking about your treasure. Because when Jesus gets here, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to start getting you to think about your treasure. <clears throat> How do we find the, jersey, the journey? How do we get on this journey? Well, Jesus explains that. Jesus shows up. And what does Jesus say? Jesus came into Galilee preaching what? The gospel. Right? Here's the gospel of God. And what does he say? The time is fulfilled. So something's been planned. It's fulfilled. He's kind of referring back to what John was doing, right? One's coming. The way is being prepared for him. Now the time is being is fulfilled. And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand. It's here. So when you hear that, what's the question you ask? How do I get in this? I want to be part of the kingdom, right? How do, I, how do I become part of this kingdom? How do, I get, how do I get in this thing? What do I do? What do I do? What does Jesus say? Here's what you do. Right? Kingdom's at hand. Repent. Change directions. Um, and if you notice in the journey thing, I should have brought this up earlier. Um, the first part of the journey is what? A complete change of directions. That's conversion, right? That's conversion right there. That's the repenting part. Okay? That's the repenting part. Um, so we change directions. Then, then what? Believe what? Just believe? Just believe. Just believe. The gospel. And, and the thing is, this, this is not just believe the gospel, it's present tense. It's a, uh, a present imperative, which means what? Continuing. Yeah, you all, right? Keep, uh, I'm a Texan now, but um, anyway, eight, eight months I'm a Texan. Actually, Texans say all y'all, right? No. Um, <laughs> um, Keep, you better do, do this all the time. Believe the gospel all the time. And that's kind of what this is, right? We're believing the gospel all the time. Now, here there are also what? There are more bends and twists, right? 
But ultimately, the direction is what? The opposite of that. So in believing the gospel, that, that journey from brokenness to wholeness, um, I always like, um, let me see if I can do this. Um, real, actually, I'm, 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 time is more important right now, so I'm going to, I'm going to move. Oh, well, the next thing he says, he says, um, and he was going along by the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother um, of Simon, casting a net into the sea and they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, what? Follow me. That's where the journey goes. So on this journey, you are repenting, believing the gospel and you're following me. And the kingdom of God is at hand. At that point, you are walking a kingdom path. This path is a kingdom path. You've just made a decision to walk into a kingdom. And that kingdom has a what? As a king. So you've made a decision to, to follow a king. And that king owns everything. And that king is going to use everything to transform you into something you have no idea how wonderful it is. Because that's where the journey goes. That king is going to take you to a place that is more beautiful and more wonderful because he's there and all of us will be there and all of the gospel good our treasure has done will be where? Gospel use of treasure has eternal implications. If you don't believe me, read Randy Alcorn. Um, That that guy writes so, he writes so well. He's he's an excellent writer, excellent speaker. Um, He doesn't get a whole lot on the practical of finances, but oh my gosh, does he paint the picture of doing gospel good with treasure. Um, Oh, so well, so well. Um, anyway, well, we have Jesus basically telling us, right? Hear the call of Jesus. That's a supernatural work, right? I, I don't see Jesus here doing anything, right? I don't see him anywhere, right? It's a supernatural work. We hear the call of Jesus. The kingdom is at hand. I've got some for you. There's something more than what, you know, where you're going is the wrong kingdom. You're heading towards the kingdom of darkness. I've got the kingdom of light. Um, so you hear that call of Jesus. And what do we do? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. We, we repent. We turn. We believe the gospel. And then we do what Jesus says. We follow him. Um, and we continuously follow him. One of the things that, that Milton often does that I love. He does this in um, the uh, membership class. I think I hold the record for non-staff attendance at um, membership meetings. Um, I, I, true story. I go to membership meetings for fun. I used to be in charge of them, so I used, to, I used to sort of have to be there. I was in charge of setting them up. Um, but I go. I went to the last membership meeting. I didn't have to be there. I wasn't in charge. I, I, I'm not. I'm not in leadership anymore. I'm not an elder. I'm cool. I can. I can go anywhere I want after church. Um, I can go. I can go out to lunch if I want to. But I went to the membership meeting. Why? Because I got to hear that gospel stuff. And and no, for me, Milton is like he. Oh, he just explains gospel truth and gospel community in ways that just that that just fill me up. Um, and our goal eventually is to take the gospel to every area of our lives. 
Um, that's what we want to do. That's gospel. We want to take the gospel everywhere, to our work, to our relationships, to the way we learn. Can we, can we study in gospel ways? What does it mean to study? If you're a student, what does it mean to study in a, in a gospelized way? Um, the way we forgive, the way we, handle, the way we suffer. Can you suffer in a gospelized way? Um, temptation. How, did, how can you handle temptation in a gospel way? Right? Um, very important. And hopefully we will eventually have classes, journey classes, that will deal with all this. How do you deal with, with temptation? This is a very big problem on the journey. Um, how do we deal with our anger um, on the journey? Well, how does the gospel transform that? And, and Jesus wants the gospel to move us from brokenness to wholeness in all of those areas. He wants us to make that shift. And I just messed up my screen again. Because I tilted this thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Do I want to stop and... Yeah, I do actually want to stop and mess with this. Because I still have my screen up there and I can fix this really quickly. In slideshow. Start slideshow. Huzzah. See? I'm getting better. I've learned. Um... Why treasure management is important. Um, That turn that we made, that repenting, at that very point, what does our king do? Yeah, the angels are praising the Lord. But something else happens. A A financial transaction takes place. What's that financial transaction? Yeah, exactly. God takes his most valuable possession. And to use, this is a bad word, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. He sells his most valuable possession. You, you all get what I'm saying here. Don't, please don't, don't, don't string me up for, for heresy. Um, he, he sells his only begotten son to do what? To ransom us. He separates himself which for God is, that's the ultimate suffering to be separated from his son, separates himself from his son to pay off our debts. He invests his greatest treasure in us. So we, we are carrying that treasure. Now, if you, if you read through the, the parables, what do you always, when, when people are given treasure, what's always expected? Return, right? There's all kinds of ones like there's a whole bunch of parables like that. Blah, blah, blah. Got blah, blah, blah. Went out and did blah, blah, blah. They come back and what did you do with yours? Well, I got more of this. And what did you do with yours? I got more of that. And then, what did you do with yours? Put it under the rock. <laughs> um, no, he expects a return on his investment, doesn't he? He wants a return. What's the return? Don't look at the screen. What's the return God wants on his investment? Live a life worthy. You bet. What's, 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 what's God want for... Those, those, all these things are true. What does God want for a return on his investment? If you read my... <laughs> I think what he really wants is he wants us knowing him in his true glory. Because he keeps on investing in us to move us from what? Brokenness to wholeness. 
Um, and he wants us to know him. He wants us to, uh, to know his true glory. And he wants us to experience true, full, and everlasting life. That's the return he wants on his investment. So when God pours treasure into you, what do you want to be doing with it? Maximizing that, transfer, that transformation. That's, that's gospel thinking about money. Um, okay, why is, where am I going here? Um, why is treasure management uh, important? It's a major theme of scripture. It's a quote from Andy, Randy Alcorn. Um, it's in the notes, but it's just everywhere in scripture. And for time's sake, I'm going to keep on moving. Um, um, our treasure, and one of the most important, if, you, if how do we, if, if you want to love more, what do you have to change? You have to change the most deep parts of you. The deepest, deepest, deepest parts of you. That, that stuff that you're thinking about when nobody else is, that they're really ugly and some of that really good stuff. You've got to change that stuff that's way down in there. And what does Jesus say? He says treasure management can do that. Put your treasure someplace and your heart will go there. Very quick story. Um, I went reluctantly on a missions trip to Uganda. I hated it. I did not want to go back. In fact, one of the last days, everybody, they said, raise your hand if you want to come back. And everybody raised their hand. And I just sat there. So I said, I thought, I thought the whole thing was a joke. I, I didn't enjoy the experience. It was, just, it, was just, it was just miserable. I didn't like it. I, I won't go into all the details why I didn't like it. But um, I met a high, I, 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 we visited a high school. Doing. The doing, the doing. I, now I'm interested. That's interesting. Um, who wanted to do technology? So I don't know. I kind of like technology stuff. I've done a little bit of that. And what I started doing, I started investing my treasure in that school. My knowledge that God had given me over all the years of my teaching, I started investing my money in that school. And guess what ended up happening? I ended up loving Uganda. I ended up loving those people. I was not a lover of Ugandans on the first trip. I didn't leave that. I did not leave Uganda loving Ugandans. Um, but four or five trips later, and a quite a bit of treasure later, very different relationship with the people of Uganda. Um, it, it changed. There's more change that needs to go on, but I'm just saying that moving my treasure has that power. And Jesus says that he says, where your treasure is there, will your heart be also, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're almost done anyway. So I'm just gonna forget about it. Um, um, budgeting people think about what well, budgeting budgeting is a gospel operation. Every now I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to confess here that for most of my life, I have not budgeted. And the reason I haven't budgeted is I didn't need to. I could be financial. Uh, it just wasn't that complicated. I didn't spend on very many things. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any debts. So I just didn't mess with it because it was just too many numbers to, to look at. I didn't want to hassle with it. Um, I went, I, I've taken multiple finance classes. I've read multiple finance books. We get to the budgeting part. I go, Phew, you know. Uh, I got that down. I don't, I don't need that stuff. I can keep track of my, where, where money is. And I know I just don't, just don't buy stuff. You look at your bank, you look at how much you got, you look at what, what it costs, and you just don't buy it. What, why do I need a budget thing? 
No. When, when, you're, when you are doing budgeting, you are doing gospel work. I, I talked to a, a guy at the, at the man forum the other day um, who he says he's a compulsive budgeter. I go, oh, save me, save me. I, 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 I'm, I'm just not into that. Um, but he, he talked about his daughter's birthday coming up. And he says, my wife and I sat down and we made a decision about money going towards that birthday. Right? Folks, that is gospel heart changing work. That is a gospel conversation. That is moving you towards richness of life. That is finding out what you really want. What do we really want? Budgets allow you to think through what you really want. And they allow you to maximize your, your movement from brokenness to wholeness. It's not just about financial stability. God wants us to be financially stable. But he wants us to have true life. More than that. There's times you'll mess up our financial stability to give us true life. Sorry about that. Okay, we're running really low on time here, and I want to allow just a little bit of time if people want to ask questions, criticize me, or, or whatever. And I'm not sure exactly, because um, I crunched this thing, I'm not sure exactly. I, I'm not, I sh- actually, I shouldn't promise you, but I'm going to promise you anyway. I will stop this from doing this next week. Um, yeah, okay, here's a transition I can make. Um, back in 2008, Milton preached a sermon called The Gospel and Your Money. In that sermon, he gave seven steps um, for um, being able to do that. Seven things to think about, basically, to help you think about, think about that. Um, I sent that, that sermon out in the email of the people who registered for the class. I will send that out, and I will send out a link to a shorter version, in case you don't want to listen to the whole sermon. I will send you out a link that just goes to just the seven steps. Um, I, I have the outline of that um, sermon in your notes with all the verses written out from it. I was going to go over that today, but we're out of time. And Milton talks about it way, way, way better than I'm going to talk about it. Um, so if you can get a chance to listen to that, at least read over the notes. On, if, you ch- if you can get a chance, listen to the sermon. Your task for this week. Now, for those of you who are already fairly financially organized, you may have a little bit of, um, this may not be as much for you, and my advice to you would be to be, start trying to change your gospel thing. Listen to the sermon very carefully. Um, do some other things. But there are two things that I want you to do. Um, at least the servant who hid the rock, or hid the, the, the money under the rock, knew where the money was. When Jesus asked him, where's the money? He said, it's, I got it. It's under the rock. Do you know where your money is? Okay. If, if you want your money to do gospel work, the first thing you got to do is you got to know where it is. Now, money also, money doesn't stand still. Money moves around, right? It goes, in, it goes into your bank account, it goes into your pocket, it goes into your pocket, it goes all kinds of places, right? Especially in our modern digital culture. Money just goes all over the place. I can take my phone and point it at you and give you money or take your money or whatever. Right? So money is constantly moving. And so in our modern culture, uh, we, we've, we've got to be able to keep track of where our money is going. So your first task, 
And this is what, you know, all the money management people do, so I'm not being a, a goofy person, um, is number one, make a list of your treasure. Start trying to figure out what your assets are. Start with the really valuable things like cars and houses and stuff and just kind of work through it. Um, and if you've already done that, I, I would encourage you to start looking at things that you could, this is going to sound bad, <laughs> that you could sell or give away. Just, just to think about it. Just think about it. Are there things you have that you could sell or give, give away? I'm starting to do that myself. I'm starting to list out possessions and I'm getting rid of stuff. I, I've sold, I, I, I'm telling the truth, right? I've, I've, I've sold a couple of bicycles and a drum set and um, some other stuff and I'm probably going to sell some more. I have too many drum sets. I got a couple more drum sets um, <laughs> and maybe another bike or so or whatever. Um, and I've got other stuff. I've got other stuff hanging around um, that I'm, I'm looking, making a list and looking for things to get rid of. Um, so make a list of the stuff you have and its value. And, and maybe start thinking about possessions that you could, you could get rid of. That, that was a, and that's not a weird thing. It's common. I mean, if you look at Book of Acts, chapter 4 of the Book of Acts, what are the people doing in, the, in chapter 4 of the Book of Acts? They're looking at their possessions. They're selling them. And they're bringing the money to the apostles. And I'm not saying you have to bring and give all the money to the elders or something like that. But, um, the, um, but they're bringing it. They're putting the money before the apostles' feet. To do what? To do gospel work, to build up their community and make sure that there's no one in their community that has any needs. No one in their community that has any needs. Whoa! Anyway, that's, that's going on there. So that's your first task. The second task is more, and there's a, there's a sheet here, um, which I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, where you, can, where you can start listing those out. You can list them by categories. Um, you know, how much cash do you have in the bank? You know, how much do you have, you know, invested for retirement or whatever? Just start kind of getting an idea of all the, the money that, that you have or all the resources that you have out there, other real estate, automobiles. Um, and, and go for the big things, you know, first. And, you know, I don't know if you want to start getting down to, I have five spoons and eight forks or, or whatever. Probably not. But if you have like silver, really valuable stuff like that, that you might want to get into your thing and try to figure out maybe what it's worth if, if you can. Um, the next is a little bit more difficult and that's, and it's something I don't like doing. Uh, my dad did it and I just, I remember he'd always keep the receipt, always keep the receipt, always keep the receipt, always keep the receipt. And uh, having gone, spent a lot of time with my dad's finances, he had a lot of receipts. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, a lot of receipts. Um, but he did that so he would know what. He wanted to know where his money was going. What was it going towards? Um, and you, you may find that there's some surprises out there. Um, and this is part of the finding out is, is what you want, what you really want. Um, and this is not a judgment call. You know, you often get people, somehow it's common in our culture when people ask you for money, they um, equate it to cups of cappuccino or something. They will say, you know, if you give to our, if you give to our ministry, um, it, it's only going to cost you, you know, um, one trip to Starbucks per week. Okay, well, yeah, I, part of me goes, yeah, those people wasting money at Starbucks. Um, but you have to ask the question, what do you really want? And believe it or not, Starbucks is one of the only places in our goofy culture where you can have community with people other than the people you normally hang out with. Um, 
there are some good gospel reasons to go to Starbucks. Um, and, and also, it's okay just to have something because you like it. All right? So, you know, I, that's, I'm just going to say that. Um, um, but it's, Starbucks really is. It's, we, where do we go today to have to, to meet our neighbors? Yeah. 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 They get to know you. They, they try out their new drinks on you and stuff. Yeah, my daughter was a, was a, was a, you go to the same Starbucks over and over again. You get to know the, the, uh, yeah, the barista, um, and they get free junk. Huh? Does that happen? <laughs> but anyway, um, th- I- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Th- I've got no rules for what people spend money on. Um, we live. One of the things I want to communicate in this class is that we are inside the gospel, folks. There is nothing but grace. We are not condemned. Right? If you are messing up, this is gonna sound bad. Mess up with gospel joy. Do not let it, uh, do not let it drag you down. I'm not saying it's okay to do it. I'm not saying it's okay to mess up. I'm just saying, don't get in, don't get out of the gospel cycle. Um, because what our, what, what, what our flesh wants to do is it wants to knock us out of the gospel cycle. Stay in that gospel cycle. If your finances are a disaster, have, have gospel joy. You're not condemned. Um, what I, I, I have, um, I, I've confessed some of my, my financial sins. I'll confess some more, um, on, I mean, I'll bring people back. Yeah, pain's got more sins. Um, uh, but, and, and, and I, but for me, I have to tell myself all the time. Romans eight, one is, is my verse, man. Um, however I'm messing up, whatever stupid thing I've done that day. Um, I am not condemned. I'm going back to my father and I'm going to be in his presence and I'm going to enjoy him. And I'm, and I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Um, and then I'm going to keep on believing the gospel. I'm just going to, I'm going to believe the gospel. I'm going to keep on believing. Anyway, the next thing you want to do is you want to track your spending, um, save your receipts and, um, get some kind of chart. I've given you one here. If you like spreadsheets, use a spreadsheet. There are all kinds of these things on the internet. Um, I'm a lazy person. Um, what I started using is Mint. And I've got some, I'm also a technology person, so I've got some questions about security and stuff like that. There's some very good reasons not to use technology to keep track of your finances. Um, there's good reasons just to use pencil and paper. Um, I have, I can't remember too many stories about hacking people's notebooks. Um, but I started using mint and I really like it. Um, and it's given me some insights into where my money's going, where I'm going. Some of them have been blessings where I've looked at it and going, you know what? I thought we spent a lot more money on that. And we don't really spend that much money on that. You know, I've had grumpy feelings inside of me about something that I don't need to have grumpy feelings about. We don't spend too much money on that. Um, so it, it, it does that. Yeah. It's a software program. Um, it also ties into TurboTax and there's a number of those programs out there. Mint is recommended by, um, by, um, Compass Ministries, which are the people that we are basically using their, their materials to undergrid the financial part of this class. Um, it's an, it's just to go to mint.com and you get an account, you can download the app. Um, I haven't, I don't know if I'm going to use the app or not. But 
Um, it's, it's a good way of, of for me, it's been, it's been very, very good because I'm lazy. Um, but it, it plugs into my bank accounts. It plugs into my credit cards. It categorizes stuff and adds it all up for me. Um, my next trip, my next step is to hook it into my, my retirement account stuff and figure out what's going on there. And so you get kind of this, 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 this map of where, where everything is right in front of you. And for a lazy person like me, it's, um, it's very nice. And if there's a lot of interest in that, you know, maybe we can get a, find some people who already use it and get together a group and, and whatever and help each other out. I, I think it's a pretty easy program to use. Um, and there are other ones out there. I just happen, Mint's free. This doesn't cost you anything. You can go on and use it. They will try to sell you stuff. Um, I mean, there's things on there for different kinds of investments and things like that. Um, and well, I just ignore all that stuff. Um, we're going to talk about investments later. Um, I've driven a couple of financial advisors to the, almost to drinking. Um, yeah, I ask a lot of questions. Um, and, yeah. And I, and I don't, the bad, the thing they really don't like too is I'm not really interested in making a lot of money. So just to make money requires what? Using your financial people. Better returns require more what? Usually. More risk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Higher, more risk, higher returns. Lower risk, lower returns. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to that, that side of things in terms of it, what, you know, your you know, planning for the, the longer, longer, longer type term. Um, I don't have any stock tips or anything like that, but um, we'll kind of talk about that stuff. All right, let me go ahead and pray, and then I'll, I'll be here, because I want to make sure people want to leave and go pick up their kids can do that. Uh, make sure you've signed in on the sign-in sheet. If your name is not on there, please place it on there. That way you will get all the emails for the class, and I'll send you all the stuff I've already sent out. Um, you can email me back and ask me questions. My phone number, um, I don't know if it's on this stuff, um, but I'll email you out my phone number. Yeah, feel free to call me. It's my cell number. You can call me and ask me questions uh, about stuff if you want to. Um, you can write me critiques of how I messed up and um, all that kind of stuff. So let me go ahead and pray, and then I'll, I'll hang out if people have questions. Lord, thank you just for your, um, your wonderful and kind grace to us. Um, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I just pray that, um, that your work um, would be done um, here. Um, I just pray for everyone during this week. Um, give them just rich times of just even just a little bit, sitting down and, and, um, and thinking about the treasure that you've given them and um, where it's going and where they would like it to go and what they would like the future to be and to pray about those things and have those kind of conversations with spouses and with children. And um, just would be a, it would be a rich week of, of, of gospel progress um, through thinking about treasure. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.